Welcome to the PMPA Speaking of Precision podcast, featuring your hosts, Carly Kistler Miller and Miles Free. Hello, I'm Miles Free, and welcome to PMPA's Speaking of Precision Monday with Miles podcast. Carly Kistler Miller has joined me once again, and we are going to discuss current events and PMPA activities. Okay, current events, PMPA activities, this sounds good. So what, what do our members need to know? What's of interest to PMPA members these days? Like what are the concerns facing their shops? Despite the challenges that our shops are winning, getting quality parts shipped on time, you know, facing all these issues, we are starting to lose some sleep in a few areas, mostly due to Washington, D.C., uh, stuff. Uh, there's an OSHA COVID response, OSHA mandate I'd like to talk about um, uh, briefly. There's some confusion over what are the requirements for subcontractors and by the way, are you a subcontractor? Mm. The emergency temporary standard from OSHA is currently at Office of Management and Budget, OMB, and uh, they're also proposing to restore um, a rule from the Obama administration on uh, online reporting of workplace injuries and illness, illnesses, and that means that your company data would be compiled and published on the internet. And the question that I ask is, how does publishing it on the internet actually advance regulatory? That's just publication, that's name and shame, that's not really being used for regulatory purposes, mm, you know, it's okay. not being analyzed, right? It, it, by publishing it, that doesn't analyze it, that just posts it out for everybody to steal. So do they explain why they want to publish it? It's just Washington, D.C. Oh, and, well, that's you all know, you got to say. That's the explanation, yeah. right? Yeah, so, you know. Okay. I can see why we're losing a little sleep over all this, but is that is that all you have to say about OSHA? Well, because I'd, I'd, I'd be surprised if that was all you had to say. Well, about <laughs> surprise. <laughs> Actually, one of the top items that is that our members are dealing with is their customers are sending them letters asking them to, uh, you know, actually demanding that they follow the guidance for the COVID vaccines for federal contractors, and and it's interesting because. Rather than read the guidance, they just send a letter to our shops and say, you do this. And the guidance actually is rather nuanced. And if the contract is strictly for the production of products, it does not apply. Oh, so they aren't reading the guidance. They're they, just they're reading not. the headlines. They, they're reading the headline, and you know what they say about, well, it's not quite trickled down, but you know <laughs> what flows downhill? It ends up it ends up on our companies, you know, at, on our desks, and then we have to be the ones that are savvy enough to say, one, we're providing products, but it's not a true subcontract, and, and two, uh, under the simplified acquisition threshold of quarter of a million dollars, um, if if the contract is for less than that, it doesn't apply either. So, so it's like we've got to do their homework 
but these letters are starting to come in. I'm getting I'm getting emails from from member companies almost on a daily basis saying, "Hey, do we have standard wording for that?" And of course, the answer is, we do. And I I actually uh, give them the uh, link to the guidance, and then I quote question 13, which talks about provision of products, and 12, which talks about um, the dates that the contracts um, are covered, which are covered by, and then finally the uh, the the link to the whole doggone thing. So, so that's a that's a major to do on most people's desks in our industry today. Well, then PMPA members, we are better together. We've and got answers for you. We do, and we'll put that link and that wording in our show notes. Perfect. Okay, so what else? Anything else on our members' minds? Well, EPA. EPA is a thing. We're, we're kind of done with OSHA for the moment, but um, our shops, cleanliness of the parts we provide to our customers is critical, especially in medical areas, fuel injection parts. Um, there's some real concerns about foreign objects you know, mm. being included or compatibility of oils, fluids, that kind of thing. So EPA has really um, ramped up their regulatory work on a substance called NPB or N-propyl bromide. Well, it doesn't sound good. I don't, I've never heard of that. What is that? Well, it's, it's, actually, it's actually so toxic that I quoted the New York Times back to the EPA when they provided it as a drop-in substitute for trichloroethylene, which at the time, about two years ago, they were trying to, to demonize. Mm. And they provided this NPB, and even the New York Times knows that NPB is bad. <laughs> uh, OSHA, they were using it in a furniture company, and there was a lot of nerve damage. So oh my. NPB is one that even Miles is like, <laughs> I agree with the EPA. <laughs> You heard it here, listeners. Yeah, whatever the date is, <laughs> mark it on your calendar. Miles agreed. So um, what else is going on at OSHA is... Um, there's, oh, we were talking about EPA. Are I, we back to OSHA again? Yeah, well, you know... You're confusing me, Miles. I'm sorry. The, okay. There's a power press standard that's being, <laughs> being reconsidered, and lockout-tagout could be a very big deal and that'll be back on the calendar in January. So our members may not be concerned, but Miles is losing a bit of sleep about lockout tagout. Why is that? Well, if we have to go with a formal lockout tagout for even the simple replacement of an insert, oh. we could lose 20% of our actual <laughs> effective time on our machines when wow. you look at, you know, I did a time study, and how many times do we have to turn an edge on an insert? And if we have to go through the full bloody three to five minute lockout, tag out, test the lockout, walk over to the wall switch, throw it, test, uh, 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 um, you know, you, you could lose 15 to 20 minutes every hour. I mean, think how often you turn an insert. That would put a real kink in production right so this is coming back in january so kind of like a chili dog at 3 a.m <laughs> it repeats it repeats <laughs> so what else is going on um uh, 
Can I have a T? T. A. A. X. No. Yes. <laughs> taxes. Taxes. Okay. What about taxes? Well, we still don't know what's going on with reconciliation, but there's new taxes. What PMPA is actively working on with our partners in Washington, D.C., the Franklin Partnership, is to defend the current status to keep the tax burden fair between the big C-Corps mm -hmm. and our smaller, closely held, family-owned, job-creating S-Corp businesses in our industry. If the rates get out, of uh, get out of control, we could lose a lot of jobs, and quite frankly, we need people. Yeah, yeah, losing jobs is not yeah. something we need to do right now. I get it. So a small business, they're the ones that are creating, what, like a million and a half new jobs a year? If you trust the SBA, well, and I do. <laughs> I'll, I'll go with that. And, and that's responsible for, I think they said 64% of new job creation? Yeah. So, I mean, why would we want to sabotage that? Oh. I mean, because all those new jobs, all those employees... They pay taxes. Right. You know, it's new money. It's, it's I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of speechless. It <laughs> sounds like cutting off your nose to spite your face, but okay. Right. So the other aspect of that is for us to invest in new technology and equipment to create new jobs, mm -hmm. uh, we have to make a financial argument, and part of that is the deductibility of that new expense, of that new investment. Right. And so, what if we lost our ability to deduct um, on our new investments? That's on the table in Washington, too. No. Yeah, it's called 199A. Okay, that would definitely have a detrimental effect on we've, hiring. We've, we've worked hard on it, so... So what are some other things in this proposed tax bill? And I mean, this stuff changes every, I mean, almost hourly, really, if you watch your phone too much. Um, but the 199A small business deduction, that's, if that gets limited, that's, that's heartburn. Uh, raising the top individual rate uh, from 37 to 39.6. Uh, you know, I know, they say, oh, it's only 2.6%. Well. It is, but if we're at 39%, mm -hmm. well, what about your state income tax? Mm. I mean, we're getting perilously close, yeah. perilously close to not, not being able to keep half of what uh, we earn. What we earn. Well, 2.6% is a lot, too. I mean, tack that onto your mortgage rate. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but Hello. you're right. It just keeps creeping up. Right. So, uh, and again, we talked about the fairness. The top corporate rate, the C rate, would move from 21 to 26 and a half. Well, Ouch. there's a big delta. Yeah. There's a big delta. And the only ones that could be happy about that would be the lawyers that would try and figure out how to help our S-corps become C-corps because, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm, I'm going to do something for... 12 or 13%. Action will be taken. Uh, yes, I, 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 I think agree. you're right. 
And then uh, increasing the effective top capital gains rate from 23 to 28.8%, 23.8 to 28.8%, 5%. Now, inflation's already at 5.8%. Oh, geez. This, this is a big ouch. This, this is, yeah, ouchy, and there's not a Band-Aid big enough for big. this. <laughs> I need goo gone so it doesn't hurt when they pull it off. Oh, gosh, these numbers, they're, they're painful. Tell right. me it doesn't get worse. No, well, it, 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 it does get worse. So it's like the current rate for the sub-S pass-through companies is 29.6%. And it could get all the way to 43.4. When you look at raising the top rate, lowering the threshold, and expanding surtaxes, all these things are being considered. So so that 39.6 number, that's kind of like that picture of strawberries on the box of Cheerios. It's a serving suggestion. That's not the limit. That's that's what they're considering, right? Consider strawberries with your Cheerios. Consider 43.4% if you're a pass-through corporation. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So raise raise the top individual rate from 37 to 39.6. Lower the top rate's threshold to 509,000. Expand the application of 3.8% surtaxes, and you know I we're really too deep in the weeds, but but to all forms of business income, including LLCs and and S corps and partnerships, uh, 29.6 goes all the way up to 43.4. Um, I'm only an MBA; I'm not qualified to do simple arithmetic, but <laughs> that's a big number. That's a big jump. That is a big number. And could I suggest maybe we need to change the subject before our listeners get all upset and turn off our podcast? Well, we can, but but before we change the subject, listeners, if you aren't in media communication with your reps and senators in Washington, D.C., you will be paying mm. these higher rates. So um, they're not going to get turned off if, if, if you don't work to prevent them from becoming law in this upcoming reconciliation. We need, we need to get to work on that. Use your voice. Yep. Yep. All right. So, come on. Give me some good news. Well, I'd like to, but... No. Nope. Trade. No buts. Trade. Trade. <laughs> All we, right. We've had some success in trade. It's, it's still a bumpy road, but we've had some success. Um, the prices that our members have to pay for steel uh, and aluminum, um, that's, that's not good news, but... It's like double the rest of the world or something. Double is, is being polite. Yes, absolutely. The United States has become an island of high steel prices. Manufacturers here are now paying $1,348 a ton more, more <gasps> oh. for hot rolled steel than their competitors in China. And $856 a ton more, oh. more than their European competitors, up $117 in the past month. Here's, here's the thing. Hmm. I am so old. I remember when $1,348 was two tons. Wow. 
And, and now, that's the difference per ton. Wow. $856 a ton. That's like a third more than I'm used to paying for a ton of hot roll steel back when I was running the mill in Georgia. Oh, wow. That, oh. I asked for good news. Well, the good news is our people can compete with anybody anywhere. That's true. We, you know, send us the print. Just send <laughs> us the print. We have rule of law. We have great engineers. We have talented performers. We can make the doggone part. Right. But holy cow. Ooh, cost of materials. Cost of materials is double, double what they pay in China and Europe. Wow. So what else are we doing? Well, it, this is the good news. So but waiting be, for that. Because well, you have patiently <laughs> too. That's what conversations with Miles are like, I guess. Um, the Airbus Boeing uh, dispute had gotten to the point where there was a consideration of a 100% tariff on copper alloys coming from the European Union our members would have had to pay, again, double the cost mm -hmm. of materials. We were able to, to get that uh, set aside. So That is good news. That's, that's we'll great news. We'll take that good news. It's great news. Yes. Um, this 232, which is really a contributing factor to these, these huge price differences, uh, the Biden administration has agreed to get to a solution on that with the uh, EU on steel and aluminum tariffs by the end of the year. Uh, representative Tai, our trade representative, is over in Europe now. Uh, the president's going to be over there. We, we are optimistic there may be some kind of some kind of movement on this, um, you know, next month and announced next month. Um, we're working with the U.S. Trade Representative in the White House to uh, selectively lift these 232s on our allies. I mean, you know, like our friends and neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And um, we've actually been pretty successful in communicating with the administration. Um, over 300 manufacturers sent a letter to Biden on the 232s. We were part of the coalition that led that letter. 30 trade associations sent a separate letter to Biden about the uh, 232s. And um, Senator Toomey has actually introduced a bill to reform the 232 process, so this thing can't be used in the future to to really, you know, throw a wrench into the gears. Nice. So there might be some relief in the next month or so? It, it's the top thing we're watching, except for helping people deal with these supplier letters about you must right. uh, do that. Um, I, I'm, I'm not optimistic when it comes to Washington issues, but I do think there's a chance for some easing of the, the tariffs with our strategic allies. I mean, it just, ultimately, I have to believe that somehow they're gonna do the right thing right. At, at some point. And so that's, that's my hope. That's the straw I, I'm grasping. I'll grasp with you. <laughs> All right. Because, I mean, that's better than nothing, right? Let's right. See what we can get, yes. Right, $1,348 a ton more than our competitors in China. Ugh. That just 
hurts to hear. $1,348 a ton more. More. Than our competition in China and $900 more than our competitors in Europe. It's time to get this thing fixed. So let's see, PMA, who are we? Okay, PMPA is actively working to help head off many of these issues and for our members and for the industry. I mean, the whole industry does benefit before they become a new reality. And that's why PMPA members support our work in Washington, thank heavens. And where else, where else could they go to find out whether the mandate applies to the mass product producer like we discussed earlier? I mean. Well, where do you go? I mean, right. That's, that's right. So PMPA really is a, a, a backup, a safety net, a, a, an archive, a, a trove of the issues we, we collectively bring in. The issues, if it happened to somebody on the West Coast, the chances are it could happen in the Midwest. So once we get an indication, we formulate a, an answer or response and approach, and then we've got it to share. So we don't all separately have to figure this out, analyze it, and solve it. Save thousands of hours of managerial time. Got a problem? Call your, call your support at PMPA right. and our listservs. Better together. Better together. That's right. So if you aren't a member, what would you do after you find out that you lost your 199A deduction mm -hmm. and you can't invest in new equipment without, well, because now the numbers don't make sense. Right. What would you do when you find out your new effective tax rate is over 43%? What would you do? Well, what would you do? Mm -hmm. Our members have been getting an early peak. We talked about these issues. John and Omar put on a, a well-attended and it was really interesting presentation at our annual meeting and covered this stuff for our members. They got a, a look at the who's, the what's, and the how's in Washington. And they're continuing to, to deal with the folks in Washington, talking to people on committees. I mean, we're all over this all over it and it, it's important work and we need to thank our members for the support they gave us on the government affairs work on their behalf the support that our members give up is really it's really essential it's it's not just uh it's not just for our morale but it helps us know we're working on the right things right it does points us in the right direction absolutely so so th that's really the thing. The better together is, it's you know the members bring their problems, we help them find solutions, but we wouldn't even be working on the right problems if they didn't bring us the right problem. That's right. So that's the better together. That's what it is. It's the better together. And that wraps up today's podcast on current events and issues and PMPA's activities. Thank you for joining us. For additional information, please visit pmpa.org where you can also search for articles, webinars, podcasts, and other resources. Yes, and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast because you don't want to miss one. And if you aren't already taking advantage of PMPA membership, be sure to check out pmpa.org to see all we have to offer. And why is a PMPA membership important, Carly? Because, because we, we are, are better, better together. together.
Not to mention that we have the guidance language you need to send that letter back to your supplier. That's right. Don't forget to join us next Monday on Speaking of Precision, Monday with Miles.